And this is Clay and Michelle Schroff bringing you the Voice of a Lion podcast, where we bring you inspiration, guidance, and strength in the stories of others. Today's special guest is Tom Ziegler, and that is the son of the great Zig Ziegler, someone who I have followed um, my entire sales career. He's the CEO and uh, of the Ziegler Corporation, and we were really excited to have him on. Yes, definitely. I, I, I think you folks are really going to be able to cling to a lot of what Tom says because it's not just about sales or, or just about building your business. or it's, it's really and truly about how to live better. And I would say that that, that could kind of be the, you know, the summary of, of this interview is not only how to um, you know, help your community, and, but truly how to better yourself so that you can better others. You know, Tom talks about uh, leaving a legacy. It, we give you a sneak peek behind the, uh, the curtain of being in the Ziegler family and uh, just nuggets of truth that I think that our listeners will enjoy as they not only go about their business lives, but their personal lives. Yeah, and I think, um, I, I personally, I love stories, and, and I love how he shares stories about his, his, his mom, the redhead, and, and how his father, even though we, you know, we hear so many great stories about what a great daddy was, how even at times he, he felt a little, you know, like he was missing the mark, and how, how transparent of Tom to be able to be able to share that, but for us to be able to, to look and say, wow, you know, Tom is, is such an exceptional individual and to have such a great dad. But, you know, at times we, we struggle. We all struggle. So without any further delay, we want to bring you Tom Ziegler. Tom Ziegler, um, the son of Zig Ziegler. And uh, welcome, Tom. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Hey, so I just, uh, it, I'm a little starstruck just because I owe a lot of the success that I've had in my, uh, in my sales career to your father. And about 10 years ago, we had, um, I, I speak at a lot at adoption and foster care events, and there's a story that your dad told, and uh, I could not, you know how you have those old cassette tapes, and, you, and, <laughs> right. you, and I left them in my car, and they're, now they're warped? And I said, I don't know how to get these. And I looked everywhere. So I actually called the uh, Ziegler Corporation. And uh, I, I believe it's your personal assistant that actually went back into the archives and sent me a PDF about little Ben Hooper. And uh, it's one of my favorite all-time stories. And I've, I've t I tell it way too much. And, <laughs> and as I tell it, I, I find myself going into a Texas accent because it's just how it was taught to me. But, but he's from Alabama. Well, it, but I can't do Alabama accents. Not many you, people can. Are you from L.A., lower Alabama? Well, my, my wife I'm is. I'm actually from L.A. My mother is from Alabama. So that's, okay. that's my connection with your father. Hey, Very nice. Tell us about you. Not necessarily um, being the son of Zig Ziglar, because and I, I got I to tell you, I, you it's got to be a two-edged sword. You know, it opens many doors for you, but then you're always living as the son of Zig Ziglar. And, and really on this podcast, we want to focus on what Tom is doing. Tell us about Tom. You bet. Well, I have a 25-year-old amazing daughter who I get to work with. Um, 
been married for 32 years. Uh, we have a grand puppy now, so that's kind of exciting. And uh, Charlie gets to come over uh, when my daughter Alexander brings him over. I've been in the business. I'll be 55 February 1st. So I tell people I've been in the business for 55 years. <laughs> right? Yeah. Kind of born into it and extremely blessed. And so, you know, it's uh, you said it's a two-edged sword. To me, it's never felt that way. Mm. Um, Good. And the reason is, is that, you know, dad and mom both, you know, they said, hey, whatever you want to do, we only ask two things that you do it with complete integrity, 100% integrity, and you give it 100% effort. So that's a pretty big field um, to go out and, and find your way. Uh, the only time it felt like a two-edged sword was when I wrongly believed that people wanted me to be like my dad on stage. Mm. And what, what I realized after I analyzed it was they didn't want that. They wanted me to have the same principles and values, but but style and everything else what makes me unique they're good with that so well that's it i mean everywhere i go i meet family and friends so it's good you know and what i always did was there was so many good motivational speakers as i was growing up in my career but what i always did is i weighed them against the measuring stick of your father um because there were some of them that if you could just zig them Ziggler them <laughs> then their principles then it worked and if you didn't it didn't work and and i've been listening to and reading your books and some of your uh interviews and and you really truly do the same thing as a as the the head of the Ziegler corporation don't you i do i you know our uh i was we just finished up a decade and we're starting a new one and uh at the end of uh, December, I was kind of looking at what, you know, what's different about Ziegler? What's our mission? You know, what's, what's different than a year ago or five years ago or ten, 10 years ago? And I kind of wrote out our mission statement. So this is very similar, but it's just a little bit different. So our, our mission at Ziegler is to encourage, transform, equip, and support you so that you can change the world through legacy building, mm. coaching, speaking, and training. Uh, so we, you know, we, we do what we've always done, but we're very much focused on legacy. Hmm. And to me, legacy is when you prepare those you love to grow through life's most difficult challenges. That's what, that's what legacy is. And a lot of people think that uh, legacy is usually about family and it's usually about blood. Um, but I tell everybody we adopt everybody, right? <laughs> your, fa- your family, <laughs> us right? Too. You hang around us, <laughs> you hang around us, your family. That's and, great. and you know, what a different way to view people, uh, no matter where you are in the world is they're just family you haven't met yet. So, you know, we have family, we have family night every Sunday and we, we have 10 kids and, and our kids bring their friends. And it's really funny is that we have two kids on mission trips and they have uh, their friends still come over on Sundays. <laughs> that's right. That's awesome. That is. It is. That's awesome. Yeah. It's you know we raise our neighbors, so 
right? You know, maybe they'll send you money later on. Right? That's that's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's not cheap to feed, you know, 30 people every week. <laughs> yeah, and you're more than glad to come. We have that's an open right. door. That's right. We we good. we actually adopted six of our kids, so we um we we're always looking for new ones. So, <laughs> um, you know, Clay has a, a real strong connection with with your father, and I've learned a lot because I listen because you know he's listening. Mm-hmm. It was you know way before the days that we had AirPods and we'd be in the car and I'd hear all the great stories, and I'm like, who is this man? And uh, it's just so neat doing what we do now and meeting other people that got the same, you know, we, one of our very first interviews, we interviewed um, a gentleman here in town and he talked about your dad the entire time. He's a politician. He's a, what is He's he? our state auditor. That's right. He's our state auditor. Yeah. And it was so neat. You'll have to actually go back and listen. His name's uh, Brian Cologne, but he just, apparently he was able to meet your father and he just had such great things to say about him and um I, I told Clay I said I wonder I wonder what Tom's best memory is of his father and then we want to hear the worst <laughs> you know the the best memories are you know dad and I playing golf mm. um that's what we love to do together uh we played in a lot of golf tournaments we took golf trips um but probably my best memory around that is we had we had finished playing. I'm probably like 24, 25 years old, just been married. And I would go by and pick him up and put his – he had a Rodney Dangerfield-type golf bag. You know, it weighed like 80 pounds, had 100 clubs in it. It was, it was packed. So I would go to his house, and I'd put the golf bag in my trunk, and then we would drive – to the golf course and when we get done I'd bring him back and drop him off and it was you know it was just like any other day we we had fun uh I put his bag up and we hugged and he said goodbye and he walked walked to the house and then he I was walking to my car and this is like in the summer it's like August it's probably eight o'clock at in the evening, there's about 30 minutes left sunshine. You know, it's just kind of that twilight. Mm-hmm. Um, the temperature's starting to go down. It's probably been 100 degrees because it's in, in Dallas. And, and he stops, and he's, he turns to me, and he says, Son, I need, to, I need to tell you something. And he walks up to me, and he puts his hands, one on each of my shoulders, and he looks me in the eye. And he says, son, I need to apologize. I haven't told you enough how proud I am of you and how much I love you. Mm. (laughs) And it was just a moment of intentionality that is frozen in time. I can go back into that moment whenever I think about it. Mm. I don't know how you get a better, a better memory than that. Um, because, you know, until that point, I thought we had the greatest father-son relationship you could have. I mean, right. and here he is wanting to be sure and wanting to even make it better. Uh, and it's such a little thing that any parent can do. So That's after so that, true. we can't ask you what the worst story is. So <laughs> right. give, give me the craziest story of you and your dad. 
Let me see. Well, it was after uh, after nine eleven, and I was traveling with him. Um, and so Dad had this this he, he has this uh, water pump. I don't know if you do you remember the. I pump love the water pump would, story. <laughs> yeah, Clay could probably. No, it's tell in you my brain right now. It's, he's he's <laughs> yeah. he's doing it on stage, so I got it. <laughs> So when he's on stage, he has the water pump, right? And it's like this 55-pound chrome-plated water pump that's on a walnut wood base. And we put it into this heavy container. And it was my job to carry the pump, right? So I was so it's like, like 70 pounds. <laughs> and so we now it's 9-11 and everything's changed. Mm-hmm. And so the first thing is, is we got to, like, put it through the machine. Mm. And they get it out, right? And I'm like, haven't y'all seen an old-fashioned water pump? You know, and so we're all laughing. So they send it through. Uh, it, it was obviously checked, but it, they were. So now we go through security. And so Dad always made it a habit of anybody in, in uniform, uh, he would thank them for what they were doing. Yeah. And so right after 9-11, we had a lot of our uh, – police and military uh, presence at the airports and they were carrying. You're going to miss your flight. You know. <laughs> so we're like going through and right after we went through security, he goes over and starts thanking them about, you know, for what they're doing for the country. And, you know, well, every time he did that, uh, they would bring him to the side and start interrogating him because we didn't, <laughs> we didn't know this, but that is a distraction technique that terrorists use, right? Yeah. You make a scene, <laughs> you, you distract the people who were watching. And so I, every time we would go through, I'd be like, Dad, don't be too nice. <laughs> you're gonna get a, yeah, sir, you, you're kept gonna get getting, a, you kept getting searched. <laughs> That's hilarious. He didn't care. No. <laughs> no, he probably laughed. He did it anyway. Yeah, he did. Because so it was the right just, thing uh, to do. Yeah. So, I yeah, so it. that was, it was crazy because the first time it happened, we're like, why is this happening? And then I was like, oh, no, here it comes. <laughs> Have you read my book, damn it? That's so good. <laughs> Uh-huh. Hey, speaking of books, so I'm I'm reading yours, and something that really stuck out to me was to, to make success easy. And I know I'm butchering this, but it was the fast way to success is to replace a bad habit with a good one. And what a simple, basic concept, but go deeper with that with us, because sure. what a great, easy not so easy, but what a simple concept that if we could just change one of those, but you talk about it. Yeah, I was actually, I was doing a full day uh, workshop in Australia and I always love questions. And so I asked for questions and this guy raised his hand and he said, Tom, what's the fastest way to success? And it's, you know, I'd been, like I said, at that time, I'd been in the business 50 years. I'd never heard that question. It was always what are the keys to success or what do mm. successful people do or what are the three things I need to do to be more successful. But I love the question because this guy just cut to the chase. You know, what's the fastest way to success? Because after all, who wants the slow way? Right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so 
true. So I had the deer in the headlights moment. Uh, and then I just said, the fastest way to success is to replace a bad habit with a good habit. Hmm. And then we went on. I didn't think anything of it. We came back from the break and the host of that event, his name is Steve McKnight. Uh, before he brings me back out, he says, Hey, everybody get your pen out. Did you hear what Tom said? He said, write this down. The fastest way to success is to replace bad habits with good habits. And I did the double take on the side of the room. Like I said that, you know, I didn't even know I'd said it. So I wrote it down. And then that night I Googled it. Nobody had claimed it. So, so I sent a, an email to the office and said, hey, let's put this on Facebook. Let's claim this. And then over the next week, I had about 30 hours on airplanes because I was flying all over Australia, Papua New Guinea, and then back to, back to Texas. And so what we, what we teach at Ziegler and we've always teach is balance success. Mm. And what does that mean? It means there's seven areas of life that we want to be successful mm-hmm. in. Our mental, which is our thinking, our mindset, uh, our belief, mm-hmm. our attitude. Our spiritual, which is our faith, our mm-hmm. character qualities, our physical, you know, our health, uh, you know, how much we sleep, what we mm-hmm. eat, exercise, our family. <clears throat> we want family success. We want financial success. You know, we don't want to be dependent. We want to be able to give. Uh, we, you know, we want to have a good life. Our personal success. Uh, the things that create energy for our life and, and things like that. And then our career, whatever it is that we do to make money uh, or earn an income. <clears throat> so I started asking that question in each one of those seven areas. If I just took a little bad habit mm-hmm. out of it and replaced it with a little good habit. Mm-hmm. And I did that once a week for a year. Wow. My life be different. It'd be like completely different. Mm-hmm. And so that's the idea. So the simple one is, let's just say on the physical side of life, maybe you enjoy or you drink uh, soft drinks mm-hmm. like Coke or Pepsi that have the sugar in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a bad habit. It's not good for you, the that's sugar right. and everything that's in it. If you just replace one sugar drink a day with a bottle of water and everything else stays the same, You'll lose 17 pounds and consume 44 pounds less sugar during the year. And so dad used to talk about, uh, are you guys familiar with the termite philosophy? No. Termite? No. Yeah. So this is a world, the world famous Zig Ziglar termite philosophy. He said, uh, when it comes to damaging homes, hurricanes, and tornadoes get all the publicity, but termites actually do more damage mm. and they take such little bitty bites. Wow. That's profound. And <laughs> I'm stealing all of these again. <laughs> again. Yeah. <laughs> if you steal from me, you've stolen twice. That's right. Uh, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm good and with so I'm po- stealing great ideas, but I get it. What a great yeah. concept. It is. And so the point is, is this, if you're looking at an area of your life where you're like, you know, I could do better here. 
to me, the, the simplest thing to do is to say, okay, what's a little bad habit, not a giant one, just a little one that I have in that area that I could replace with a little good habit. Wow. And of course, you know what, uh, the subtitle of the book is, uh, the book is called Choose to Win, and mm-hmm. the subtitle is, you can transform your life one simple choice at a time. Right. It really sums and up the whole book and that whole concept, doesn't it? A good habit is just simply a good choice made over and over again. That's right. That's and, all it is. And success begets success. You know, it, it fuels the next success. And, you know, maybe you start tackling the larger bad habits. And it's, that's, wow, that is profound. You need to make t-shirts or something <laughs> for that <Yeah>. one. <laughs> I love that. That's great. And, and, you know, you had mentioned earlier that the Ziegler Corporation um, you know, focuses on legacy building. Could you talk a little bit more about that? Because not yeah, a lot I'll of corporations talk about that. And what a, what yeah. a great concept. So the concept is, well, there's a, there's a couple of definitions. You know, legacy is when you teach and transfer the habits, the wisdom, the knowledge, the principles and values to those you love so that they can make decisions that will ripple through eternity. So they can make choices mm-hmm. that will ripple through eternity. I mean, that's, and I like to think that what we really want to transfer is habit. And that other definition I gave you, uh, legacy is when you prepare those you love to grow through life's most difficult challenges. And, so we love everybody and we can't, <clears throat> it'd be great if we could just block every challenge from our kids and right. the people we work with. Right. Well, we can't. So they're there to help That's us right. grow. And so if we look at the challenge as a growth experience and we equip them with the wisdom, the knowledge, the things that they can to make good decisions, then we're going to win. So, uh, this Saturday, I'm doing a keynote uh, for a big company meeting, and they are like, "Well, and it's uh, there's going to be 250 HVAC and plumbing people in the room. So these are these are plumbers, mm-hmm. and they're like, can you talk about legacy?' Well, here's the reality." Um, Dad said, you can have everything in life you want if you'll just help enough other people get what they want. That's right. Right. And so if I'm going to create a legacy, no matter what position I'm in, whether I own the company or work there or whatever, I'm in education, I'm in the government, doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. If I look at it as, hey, I'm in a legacy position, and if I lead by example and help people solve problems, and along with that, uh, you know, just embody the right values and not just to make a good decision, but when appropriate, show people how and why I made the decision. Mm-hmm. That's legacy. Right. And so, that, so that's like on the stage. Uh, I also have, uh, I work as a, I call it legacy coaching. Other mm-hmm. people call it executive coaching. I work with clients that way. Uh, but I'm not, I'm not just focused on, hey, somebody wants to have more success. 
I'm focused on people who have had some success and now they're hyper focused on leaving an intentional legacy. So this is what I say. Uh, we're all world changing. Leave a Absolutely world yeah. changing. We're all going to leave a legacy. That's right. The, the question is, is it by design or by chance? That's right. That's right. right. That's right. The, hey, just that ripple effect. Hey, we know about you, you and your dad and, and the company. And I got to be honest, and I probably should have looked it up. I don't even know your mom's name. I just know her as the redhead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? But tell us about your mom and what impact and influence she had on your life. Amazing. Um, mom passed away a little over a year ago. Mm-hmm. She was 90. Wow. Uh, and, and dad said, you would have never heard of Zig Ziglar if it hadn't been for the redhead. Hmm. Wow. So mom was the constant encourager. Uh, Dad, you know, we also called her the happy hugger. Uh, If it it was moving, she'd stop it and hug it. If it wasn't moving, she'd she'd dust it off and sell it. Uh, (laughs) Just just amazing. But, you know, a lot of times when I, you know, when I was little, I'd say, Dad, what do do we do? What do we, and he says, son, we sell hope. Mm. and that's what the world needs i mean it's a politically divided country and and you know there is the whole concept hey you know what i can love and respect you without having to agree with everything you believe in that's right that's right that's right that's that's i agree that's kind of gone and so i'll I'll tell the story of mom and dad you know dad um his dad died when he was five Mm. And he was uh, raised by uh, a single mom with a fifth grade education. He was the 10th of 12 kids in the heart of the Great Depression. Mm. And he didn't do well in school. And that's a tough start. That's right. Um, Mom and dad met when she was 16 and he was 18. They got married a little over two years later. Mm -hmm. But most people don't know that mom, when she was 10, she heard a gunshot in the other room. And her father had committed suicide. Mm. Wow. And so just think about the experts, the sociologists, right. the psychologists today. If, if you put two kids together, you know, one's 16, one's 18, and they both had that start, you know, what, what it, would they predict success in their marriage and in their life? <laughs> Probably not. You know, in the, we work with a lot of at-risk youth and, and at-risk families, and I... Th- that story right there just tells everyone, no matter what hole you're in or what valley you find yourself in, there's, if you start climbing out, you can climb all the way out. Mm-hmm. That's right. Sure. And, and how important it is to come alongside of someone and help them, even if you don't feel equipped to do so, mm. you know, for your, for your, your parents to come together. I, like you said, it's such a young age and to be able to acknowledge that, you know, the world may say we have deficits, but, you know, we see hope and we're going to raise our children that way. And I mean, and I like to personally, I think you guys are this is a ministry. This is something that, you know, is is life giving and to be able to, you know, give that hope to families that that may feel like they don't have anything to offer. And then to look at you, you know, the next generation and um, and see that you have been imprinted by those two people 
that the world would have said are, you know, will never survive this world. And um, what an inspiration, absolute inspirational. Yep. You know, and and I look at it, I look at the pictures and I'm like, well, what's the difference? Mm -hmm. Um, And, and both of them, you know, even though for, you know, dad, especially, but mom too, they didn't have a father figure. Right. You know, like, so how did they become the parents they became? Mm. Well, they both made a decision. They made a choice because choose to win, right? They said, right. here's our choice. We want to be the best parents we can be. Mm-hmm. We want to be the best husband, the best wife we can be. That's a great choice. And then they followed it up by reading and listening to and studying God's word, studying right. the best books on how to do that. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't just, you know, well, there's nothing I can do. Life was unfair. It was, there's always something I can do. I can always learn something new. I can always be intentional. I can always make the choice. And so for the people who are feeling stuck uh, in that, whatever you are, or the, you know, or the, the hand of life was against you, you know, the things beyond your control happen, you know, that's, that's a reality, but it doesn't change the fact that you can change your future by the choices you make today. That's right. Don't give up. Don't give up. That's right. That's right. Hey, what's next for the Zig Ziglar Corporation? For the Ziglar Corporation. Yeah. Um, what's on the horizon? Well, you guys got yeah. some plans. We want to be the first yep. to know. <laughs> <laughs> So there's a, there's a couple of things that we're, we're, that we're really, really focused on. Um, we, part of our mission and part of what we do is we've got this legendary life-changing material that, that dad created that we've been developing for over 50 years now. Hmm. Uh, and so what we do is through our Ziggler Legacy Certification is we equip people to go out and teach it. So some... Some want to be speakers and trainers, uh, and so we, we they come through, and we teach them how to teach it, and they're certified to go out and share it. Some of them want to build a business out of it. Mm-hmm. Other people want to be a coach, you know, like the one-on-one coach. So we've created coaching programs, uh, and we license people to go out and teach that as well, and it's part of legacy. So legacy, you know, success is what I do for me. Significance is when I help someone else be, do, or have more than they thought possible. And legacy is when I equip, encourage, support, and help transform someone else so they can go do the same thing. Right. Right. So that's really what we're about. Uh, I've got a another I'm working on another book I speak and travel and of course we have all the books and CDs and audio programs and events that we've always had but what we're really uh, excited about is supporting and helping those who who really buy into that philosophy and want to make a difference in the lives of others by by equipping and supporting them to go do that how awesome how about you Tom you have plans personally that nobody else knows about. First heard on the <laughs> Voice of a Lion podcast. 
Well, we know it's not well, increased your Instagram following because y'all have like over 700,000 people that follow you on Instagram. I know. I was just telling, I was trying to tell Clay. Um, I'm like, you have to see that they have over 700,000. And I've been following you, the Zig Ziglar, for um, a couple of years now. And it is probably the um, Instagram account that I share the most from. And oh, awesome. the the quotes, the... You know, it's and it's not just inspiration. It's truly, um, you know, every, it, it, we, we had been listening to um, I think it was an interview that you did and you were talking about, you know, how folks when when you would go and um, either you were going to go speak or do training or you were trying to, to sell something to someone and they would, you know, say, well, your dad was a preacher or your dad was this or and, you know, truth is truth. And all truth comes from God. We all know that. So when you re when I read something, I filter it through that. And I, I just go through the quotes and I'm like, oh, my goodness, great. This is just such foundational truth. And I absolutely love it. So to our listeners, if you you got Instagram, you must follow the Zig Ziglar because for, for me, at least, it is one of the most truth and life-giving um, Instagram accounts that I follow. Um, you guys are just stellar at throwing out everything that he said, and it is, it's life, and I absolutely love it. That's awesome. Well, that makes my heart feel good because my daughter's the one who has developed that Instagram account. So, well, she is slaying it. She's doing an amazing job. <laughs> Let her know I I said so. <laughs> <laughs> that is so good. It is. Perfect. Hey, what did you want to be when you were little? I wanted to um, I wanted to be a professional golfer. And what happened, PGA Tom? Tour. Tom. Those guys What happened? Those guys are good. Those guys are good. <laughs> right. <laughs> Shoot for the stars. <laughs> yeah. Hey, so we're going to, um, I ask every one of our guests this question, but if you could talk to the entire world, so that means every part of the country, everywhere in the world, from the rich of the rich to the poor of the poor, and you were to tell them one thing from Tom Ziegler, what would you tell them? Uh, you know, the, the number one lesson that I learned uh, from dad was, and I'll just, this is a quote that I love. What you feed your mind determines your appetite. Mm. And I'm, I believe that, you know, our number one responsibility is to choose our input. Mm -hmm. What are we going to listen to? What are we going to watch? Who are we going to associate? Then we've got to guard our minds. Mm -hmm. That's number two. And the problem is, is people don't know the truth. That's right. And so the truth should be a guard. And when somebody says something that's not true, and let's face it, uh, everybody I know gets attacked. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I'm a big believer that when somebody attacks you, it has nothing to do with you. It's all about them. That's right. Right. And then the question I follow up with is, you know, would a secure person do that? Mm-hmm. Mm. That's right. And the answer is no. And so if you're in a position where you feel attacked or abused or whatever, it's not about you That's and right. they're an insecure person That's right. and you don't have to accept it. So, 
So we choose the right input, we guard, and then we train. We've mm. got to train our mind. Mm. Uh, and that's where we're really, really weak. Uh, it, and so those are the things. But the number one is if we choose the right input to start, mm. uh, so much of our life is better. Because what we choose, what we read, what we listen to, that we allow in, that we nurture, that determines everything. So decide what you want. What do you want? Who do you want to become? Feed your mind with that. That's good. That's awesome. So the voice of the lion says that we need to be uh, guarded against what we're putting in. And that, that also means that we need to be positive of what we're putting in. We want to thank Tom today just for taking time out of what I know is a very busy schedule. And uh, we hope that we find strength and inspiration and guidance through the words. And uh, Tom, thank you so much for being a guest. Um, I tell you what, what an honor to be here. Thank you for having me.